We're back. It's Danny. It's Gabe. The Buck and Straw Show. We're about to go after it again. Gabe, it's been another week. Who's ready for a nice little fist fight? Oh, I'm about to knock you out like Frazier and uh, Muhammad Ali going down. No, 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 no. I'm the athlete here. No, this is, uh, yeah. I got more punch. I'm the lip-smacking champion, though. No, 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 that's not true. Oh, yeah. Not true at all. I, I, I just can't. No, that's not true, Gabe. Not true. Not even close. Well, let's just jump right into it, then. Okay, okay. It's NFL time. So, it's been a week after the Super Bowl. We debriefed over the game itself. Now, let's go right into some awards. We're going to hand out a little bit of awards today to, of awards today to just discuss who's really... <laughs> well, who's, yeah. Who's really this, that, or well, it's not clear that? that the NFL messed up the awards from the very beginning when they actually gave out the actual ones. So we're going to give the ones that are actually correct. Okay, okay. Let's first begin with team awards and the biggest surprise of the year. Gabe, who is your biggest surprise? Okay, the biggest surprise to a lot of people would have to be the Chicago Bears. But for yes. us, you and I both picked the Bears to be quite successful yes. at the beginning of the season, so it's not really a shock. But to me, the biggest surprise was the Seattle Seahawks. I truly thought they oh. were going to be a 6-10 and 10 team. Didn't think that there was going to be much, and that's no shot on Russ because I still think Russ is a top-three quarterback in this league, but they just didn't look like they were going to have anything defensively. Their offensive line was still really poor from the year before, but they really pulled together. And I gotta tell you, ten and six, I'm I'm really impressed by them. And that's ten and six, including games that really came down to the wire, like two games against the Rams. Maybe those, you know, one little play swings the difference. You're talking about a twelve and four team, possibly, you know, a number one, number two seed. Okay, here's my surprise here, Gabe. And coming in this season, in this division, there wasn't a clear cut team that was proving itself as a team that could go over the hump and not only win this division but also go deep into the playoffs and one player really turned that team around and that was the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes came on the scene and he took that team by storm. He was able to beat quality teams such as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers and he was very efficient when he, he played during the entire course of the season. That's why that was my biggest surprise to see Patrick Mahomes take the reins from Alex Smith who went on to the Washington Redskins of course but to see him thrive the way he did and he won the Associated Press MVP Award, that's just another testament of how big of a surprise Patrick Mahomes was for this Kansas City team. You know, I, I I don't disagree with you because I was also shocked that Kansas City performed it the way that they did. But to go off what you said when they talk about beating quality teams, they also gave the defending Super Bowl champions a run for their money twice. Or not defending, well, I guess now AFC they're going to be defending. Well, yeah. Yeah. They gave the Super Bowl champions a run for their money twice. Two times it came down to nail biters. I mean, they're clearly a team that has talent, and Mahomes is definitely the spark that gave them that that it factor kind of thing. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do next year. I do think, though, that they need to change their running game up. They do. They don't have anyone who clearly takes the bulk of that running load, and I cannot see Damian Williams being that go-to back oh, that, that Lord, you no. rely on as far as trying to win you a football game. Damian Williams, he, don't get me wrong, that man can ball, but he's not a guy that you can rely on no. for the entire course you of the season. You know what's funny, too, is our two surprise teams really gave us one heck of a game this season on Sunday night because that was a great game between Mahomes and Russ. Oh, boy, was that ever. That was one of the best games of the season. Dougie Doug Hands getting nasty down. with it in that fourth quarter. He was getting nasty with it with two ridiculous catches. That Honestly, without that, I'm not sure Seattle pulls that game out. Okay, okay, so that was our biggest surprise. Now let's shift over to our biggest disappointment. Okay, I'm not really shocked that Jacksonville fell off the cliff, so I'm not going to go there. Okay, to me, okay. where I am disappointed, and it's a tie between two teams, but they both tie in together. I'm still to this day disappointed completely in the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh, okay, me, they, okay. How do you go from two teams making the playoffs? And, you know, last year when you look at the NFC South standings, New Orleans, the only reason they won that division is because they swept Carolina because Carolina had an 11-5 and record. Atlanta was 10-6. and and, both, and I get Atlanta's reasoning is that they got hurt and that 
definitely changed their the landscape of their entire season. Carolina, you have absolutely no reason at all to why you played so terrible this season. I, I'm so – I don't even like Carolina, obviously. <laughs> but come on, you bums. You bums, put your head back down. Get on the bench and stay there. No wonder CJ Anderson left you guys. You're a bunch of bums. Seven and nine. I don't. Th- Why am I disappointed that the Falcons and Panthers both went seven and nine? But I am disappointed because I want the <laughs> NFC South to be good. Yeah, they don't play anybody. Yeah, we know who who that's in reference of. Okay, let's move on with number, with disappointments. Looking at my end of things, here's who I saw were two of my disappointments. It, it was a tie that came between two AFC North teams. One of them was was a clear-cut favorite right out of the gate because they had a great record and they were winning quite a bit. And then there's another team that you expected to be to be there in the postseason and and throughout the the playoffs and maybe potentially go deep. Okay, I obviously know you're talking about Pittsburgh, but I'm not sure who you're disappointed in in the NFC or not the NFC, the AFC North. Who else are you disappointed in? To me, the Bengals come to mind first. Stop! They're terrible. The Bengals come to mind because of their offense, because they have what Andy offense? Andy Dalton at quarterback, who can find AJ Green, who was a <laughs> oh yeah, just not in the playoffs. at receiver. And okay, then, I'll agree. I'll agree with you with that. AJ when, AJ's a stud. When they were four and one at during during the early portion of the season, it was it, it seemed as if it was set in stone. The Bengals are going to the playoffs, and they I very mean, they well good. could they very well could have won the division. But then they lost one game to my real disappointment in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Bengals simply fell off the cliff. You after thought that. that was the game that took him off the edge? Oh, definitely. Oh, I thought losing 51-14 at home was pretty bad. But then again, you're biased. I mean, but okay, but taking the bias out of it, you lose 51-14 to at home when you're 5-2. and two, That's pretty bad. That's, well, that's one of the best teams in the league. Many teams get I mean, I agree life. with that, but 51 is a lot to hang on a team on the road. Granted, but granted, that I, may be true. I, I just, oh, Cincinnati was bad, man. I picked them to go fourth in the division before the season started. They're just. It was a. It's Marvin Lewis. It was a colossal collapse of epic proportions. But to me, the huge collapse is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And why? They had all the talents. They had the killer bees. This team was <laughs> yeah. Those sup- killer bees have looked real good in the playoffs. This team was year. supposed to go deep with Ben Roethlisberger quarterback, Le'Veon. Wait, Levy Le'Veon who? Where'd he go? Le'Veon James Conner. Just yeah, just James, James Conner. Killer hey, bees. Hey, I'm just saying, Le- James Conner's put up better numbers. Just saying. And then you have Antonio Brown, who's. He he had a great year this year, and I he's going he to for the 49ers. He's going to be a great receiver for the Steelers. The, wait, what? I thought he played for the 49ers. Oh, oh, sweet! My Niners now got a big acquisition. I mean, okay, pff, he's okay. definitely not staying on Pittsburgh. I don't care where he goes, but it definitely looks like he wants to go to San Fran. But did you see what Diggs tw- or was it Diggs? Stephon Somebody, Diggs? No, Rhodes. It was uh, Xavier Rhodes. Yes, he yes. wrote on Twitter, "Welcome to Minnesota." Okay, okay, it's it's. But I agree with you on Pittsburgh, though. They were <laughs> that was pathetic. Well, to me, what really set them apart was how they time and time again choked in so many games. They had a they were just a few yards away from tying the game up against Denver. Big Ben throws a pick. They have well, well, what was the lead they had against the Chargers? It was twenty three to nine. And then they they let the Chargers come all the way back, and it's thirty to thirty, and they have a chance to to block a field goal. And what happens? Defense. What happens? <laughs> they jump off sides three times, and they end up losing the game. That was a colossal collapse. And then against the Oakland Raiders, the kicking game. Just ignore all of that game. The kicking was, game. The Pittsburgh Steelers should not have lost that game. They're a bunch of clowns for losing that game in the first And then part. they tied the Cleveland Bronies, the Browns, who hadn't even had half of a win in hey, hey, who hey, knows hey, how hey. long. Them Cleveland Browns, though, they got a they got a new pastry chef in the building named Baker, uh, and he's getting nasty with They, they tied to a Woo! guy named Tyrod. Yeah, or Tyrod. Tyrod, as he likes Tyrod. to call it. Tyrod Taylor. He's still trash. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's up for opinion. But moving on from there, let's uh, focus 
on what was the worst game this season. There are many bad games that were just egregious to watch, but Gabe Strasbaugh, which game was the absolute worst? To me, the worst game that I watched this season was the NFC Championship. And because it felt at the end like I got left with a sour taste in my mouth, regardless of who won the game, the fact that the game ended the way that it did and with such great hype, too. You've got the two best teams in the NFC, and they just fell, it just fell flat. And it looked like such a great game through the first three quarters, even up to the last few minutes in the fourth quarter. But I think all of America can kind of agree the way that that game ended, it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And that's why, to me, when you have a great game, a ton of buildup, two amazing teams playing so great until the end, to have it end the way that it did, to me, that's the biggest disappointment, and that's why I've got it as the worst game of the season, because it could have been better. What? That was in my top five for best games of the season. I mean, it would have been for me if the game didn't end that way. If the Saints would have won. It's not if the Saints would have won. It's if oh, a team yeah, doesn't oh, get yes. screwed over, and they no, got screwed. No, no, no. You know they got yeah, screwed Yeah, one like team got screwed over. Yeah, that was my team that, that I root for, and I clearly don't show any bias towards on this show. I mean, I'm just telling you, when a team gets screwed over like that and then you have a Super Bowl performance like they gave, it's disappointing to me to see that. Because, it, A, it was disappointing for the championship games, which is, to me, the best game, the best day of the year is Championship Sunday because you got usually the four best teams going at it to see who goes to the Super Bowl. But the way that it ended, a team which I think a lot of people could consider is better or whatever, a team that got robbed of that appearance, and then to have the Rams go to the Super Bowl, score three points, and play as poorly as they did – it was disappointing for the championship, and it led to a disappointing Super Bowl. No, no, no. Well, that you're taking into account what happens two weeks later. I'm looking at your watch, of when you watch a game in, through its entirety, and after the game is over, you can, you can go back and relax in your bed and say, I watched a really bad football game. That's what I'm looking for. And to me, it's a game that features no touchdowns at all. The Jacksonville Jaguars taking, oh, taking on the Indianapolis game. Colts. Oh my goodness, that <laughs> game was so trash. I mean, don't get me wrong, I agree with you. But but, but how can you put that as your worst game though? Because there was no, there was nothing big or there was no importance to the game. Exactly. That's why it was so bad. And don't forget the ending of that game. Andrew Luck throws a pass. I believe it was to. Who was it? It was, I think it was Pascal on the sidelines. He rolls out of bounds, and then the officials say... Oh, that's right, the and then they said that he was in... Oh, he was in bounds. Yes, and... When he was, like, way out of bounds? Yes, he wasn't even close. yes. And that didn't give the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Reich a chance to, to score a late touchdown to win the game. And Okay, that I can agree with. Yeah, that's why that game was the worst, because, first of all, you had zero touchdowns in that game. You only had... Two Jacksonville field goals. Who likes to see that? Oh, I come to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars kick some field goals. Nobody yeah. even wants to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first place. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 my reason why I. this is the worst game. Why? Because you couldn't have... If you had a script for the worst football game ever, that is it. Because... There's only six points scored, and the offense just didn't show up because you had Cody Kessler at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, 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 no I got to revise that. The Jacksonville Jaguars, because that's who they are. And then you had a Jacksonville defense who, to their credit, they were top five in defensive categories <laughs> in the league. Too bad they didn't show up in the games where it mattered. Granted, yes, but in that game against the Colts, they showed up and proved why they are one of the best, and they limited Andrew Luck to zero points offensively, which was impressive in and of itself. Zero points! Okay, I, that I, okay, I can see your argument for it, but to me, if you want to do the worst game of the year, it's got to have some kind of importance or relevance to the season. And when you get left with a bad taste in your mouth in a big-time championship game with two great teams – and the game plays so well until the ending, that, that to me is just unforgivable. And that's why I think it's just such an awful game. 
you you see, I'll I'll direct quote you. The game was so well until that very point. Oh, it was no. It the was, game was so that's well. Why to, that's, that's why. That's part that's, why it's the worst game because you have such buildup and you have such you you have such a great feeling going into this final drive, and then it just gets ruined by a, a really pathetic no call, and it changes the whole landscape of the rest of the playoffs. Okay, wait, 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 wait. If we were to do that, then if you were going to say that that was the worst game, I think you should you should cancel that out and say that that was the worst call of the season. Which, obviously, that was but because, hands down the worst call of the season. Right, I agree with but that. But it does not affect the entire game. You take that, It does affect that, the entire game, though, because if that, if it's called, then they run out the clock okay, and kick does the it, field goal. Does it affect the outcome? Yes. But you can't tell me that that play affected what happened in the first quarter. No, it doesn't. No, but it does affect how the outcome of the game happens, and that's what matters is the outcome. Quarters one through three don't matter particularly. What matters is who's got the most points at the end of the game. And they would have had that if that's called. And because it changed the outcome so – because the call was so egregious at such an egregious time in the championship game to go to the Super Bowl, that to me is why I think it's the worst game. No, no. I If there's a game that's just bad, it's one that's, that's sour from the beginning – to the very end, and that's the taste that I got after watching the Jaguars and the Colts. Now let's let's move on from. Oh no, we ugly, gotta do best game now. Ugly, disgusting games. You can't do the worst game unless you bring up oh, the yeah. best game, and it, it and it's not even close. Here you go first, then. It's the Los Angeles Rams against the Kansas City Chiefs. There was so <sighs> much buildup with both teams Wrong. coming in with nine and one records, Wrong. and and you have two great offenses and not so very good defenses and it's on Monday night, Monday night football in the LA Memorial Coliseum how much more legendary can that get and then okay Quite a so bit more legendary so, so the setting is set and it's it's great now let's have the game is the game something special oh my goodness is it ever there is scoring left and right the offenses are moving down the defense at will and then once we think that the offense are just going to truck right down the defense, Samson Ebukam comes in and provides some defensive scores, and the Chiefs' defense also has scores of their own. So it's a game that has a little bit of everything. You have great offenses showing up and putting up points, and then the defenses are also capitalizing on the young quarterbacks. You have it's it, this could be a turning point in the change of the guard of of saying, "Hey guys, the NFL is." Brand new with these young talents and Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes, who <laughs> Patrick really show. They, they, the they are both premier quarterbacks in this league, and this whoa, game proves whoa, why. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Premier, my behind. Give me a break. Jared Goff is a joke. 400, what was it? 468 yards and five touchdowns in that game. How's that score in the Super Bowl looking? I'm just saying. I'm talking about this one game, and to me, when I, after that game was over, I told myself I just watched the best game in NFL history. My, there isn't, my head there hurts. isn't any other one. My head hurts. Is there any Excedrin up in here? No. All right. This is it. That was the best game, entertainment-wise, that I've ever watched outside of the postseason and Super Bowls. <laughs> then you need to start watching more football. Excuse you? There were better games than that. No. Yeah. No. I can tell you right now, the best game of the year was Week 16, Pittsburgh in New Orleans. That game was You're biased. It was spectacular. You're biased. Pittsburgh is playing for their lives. I'm not going to let you slide away with that. That's garbage. Pittsburgh is coming into this game with their playoff lives on the line. Big Ben, Juju, A.B., all them boys, the nasty killer B kind of things. They got to go in. They are doing this so they can stay alive. And what do you have? You have the Saints, who are clearly the best team in the NFC at that point, and they are <laughs> fighting for that number one seed. And they and it was such a back and forth game. Started off hot for Pittsburgh. There were great matchups between Lattimore, between Brown. You had Ben versus Drew. I mean, the, the intensity was insane and then coming down into that fourth quarter with Pittsburgh trying to run the fake punt and then good old uh Knicks just Roosevelt Knicks just oh it's a first down and then you see Max Unger's hands and uh, buddy that's going the other way that was funny and having Drew Brees 
having his version of the MVP moment when he converts the big third down in 16, part, or third and 19. No, third and 18. That, to, wait, that was off of a penalty. No, it wasn't. It was, he, he, he misfired on the second and 18 to again, and then he fired the third and 18 right down the middle to again. And then he gets the first down. That's huge. And then he throws a dot to Michael Thomas in the end zone, which is right there. It was the moment because he capitalized on the opportunity that was given, took the lead, and then we normally see New Orleans fall apart in the situation defensively. But instead, and you're doing this against the number three offense in the league, mind you, he then Ben then leads them down the field on a very clutch catch by Antonio Brown on fourth down. Then gets it to Juju in field goal range, and big boy Shimmy Sheldon Rankins strips him. Ball is out, and good old should have been all pro linebacker Demario Davis picks up the fumble, and the Saints win an unbelievably close nail-biting game, essentially knocking Pittsburgh out of the playoffs, as certainly emotionally, and giving the Saints the number one seed, telling all the NFC, y'all got to go through us, and it's not going to be a good day for anybody. That game was spectacular. It was a changing of the guard for New Orleans' defense. It showed them that they can finally win games. It also showed that Pittsburgh is starting to lose their grip on any form of the AFC that the Patriots don't already have grip of. That game was killer. It was awesome. You done. I mean, you can be upset that I'm right, but I'm right. You're not right. You said, for all the points that you said to justify your game, my game has that and then some. Two teams that are are fighting for the first seed in their respective conferences, right? With the Chiefs and the Rams coming in only having lost one game prior to that point. Okay. And with both teams knowing that a loss in that game could knock them potentially out of that first seed. But it didn't, though, because the Rams ended up winning and they still didn't get the number one seed. But what I'm saying here is, is that the first seed was on the line for both those two teams. If they were able to take care of business the rest of the way, that game could have proven to be a factor. I mean, That's why the have. intensity was so high. And with both teams scoring left and right, not only offensively, but also on the defensive end of things, that's also a testament of why this game was so great because the defenses showed up at times when they needed to, and then at the other at the at the same point the offense also was there. Yeah, but the also the offense also fell apart at the very end and why Mahomes turned it over twice on the last two drives. That's pathetic. That's the defense showing up. Okay, I'm sorry, but those interceptions were not on the defense. They were that was just as bad as uh Neil O'Donnell throwing it to Larry Brown in Super Bowl thirty. I mean it was wide open to Sam uh not Sam Shields, um Marcus Peters, both of them were just pathetic throws. Well, when you have limited time left to go, you have to do any and everything. Yeah, but you don't chuck it up to where there's not a chief in sight. I mean, at least the Saints and Steelers game ended on the the nail bite. Why should I even be arguing? What do you mean he ran the wrong route? He just chucked it up. This was the third highest scoring game in NFL history that came on Monday Night Football under the lights where the entire nation is watching the game, and it was hyped up. You could see the hype building up as the season continued up to that point of that game. Yeah, and to me, the game felt flat. It fell flat of what what it was supposed to be. Just because you score a ton of points doesn't make it entertaining to me. The defense was sloppy at the end of the game, and they, and you know, even when I say that the offense failed to show up for Kansas City at the very end, it's not like the defense did anything spectacular. It was pretty much throwing the ball up and catching a punt. You saw the defense contribute for 21 points in that game. Yeah, and they also gave up 51 and 54. There's a, there's a but ton still, of points. But still, the defenses did, did their job when it Kansas when City's defense didn't do anything. They scored a touchdown. One. That's still, that's still, and even then the points were ridiculous. That was the nice thing about the Saints and Steelers game. It was, it was a 31 28 game, man. Those are the games you live for the games that have the offense, but the games that still have the defense. And you got to have punts. You, you have to have punts in games to make the, to bring the intensity up a notch. Just like when Pittsburgh went for the fake punt. That's great reality television, man. 
especially when the guy thinks he gets it. And it completely changes the whole outcome of the game. And then even before that, the drive before that, Pittsburgh tries to go for it on fourth down, and the ball is out again because Sheldon Rankin strips it, and then Coleman is there to recover. That that game to me just is by far and away one of the best games I've watched in the past 10 years, and it was easily the best game of the season for me. <laughs> when it was 47-44, to 44, Patrick Mahomes led his Kansas City Chiefs down the field and scored the go-ahead touchdown to go up 51-47. to 47. Wow, I've never said that before. And then Jared Goff took the team under his wing and led the Rams down the field. Against the 32nd-ranked defense. For the game-winning touchdown. Against the 32nd-ranked defense. Which doesn't even matter because we're watching one game and just one game alone. So that means... You're still playing a dumpster fire of a defense. And Jared Goff throws a beautiful pass to Gerald Everett for the game-winning touchdown to to take the lead over the Chiefs 54-51 to and making me lose my fantasy football week, which was okay because that was also an explosion because of all the star powers that was in that fantasy <sighs> matchup, which doesn't I, even matter, obviously. I mean, I'm not going to complain. I had Tyreek Hill on my team, so... I was killing it in fantasy that week, so I'm happy. But, but still, for all for it, the game was a microcosm of putting a popcorn bag into a microwave, and all those popcorn kernels just pop it. It was amazing. Yeah, and then Patrick Mahomes put the popcorn in the microwave for about ten minutes, and he burned it. But all still, I smelled was burn fumes because the guy was going out there in the drives thinking, what am I supposed to do? And then all of a sudden you just see the smoke rolling out of his head because he's like, I don't know what to do against his defense. Oh, I got it. Let me just chuck it up. No, that Saints-Steelers game, here's why this game did not does not live up to, to the greatness of the Rams and Chiefs game. First, the hype coming into that game, it was not, it was, sure, it was a big game that week, but it's not the one game in week 16 that you say, Hey, I'm paying close attention to the Saints. What do you mean? It was the number one game on CBS. That's not the one game that you would pay the utmost attention to. For me, the bigger game that week was the Seahawks and Chiefs because you have a quarterback that's that's made it in Russell Wilson, and then you have Patrick Mahomes, who's the (laughs) up-and-coming man. So you're going to tell me that Roethlisberger and Brees haven't made careers for themselves? Both of them are going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying, the Seahawks and Chiefs, when I watched that game was 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 is just rivaling that Saints and Steelers game because I mean it was both a good games game. were equally good. It was a good game. But when you look at the matchups that you were presented in that Saints and Steelers game, you got the two best wide receivers in the league, one or two, take your pick. Doesn't really matter. Both of them are the best. And then you have two defenses who you have Pittsburgh, who has been a defensive powerhouse for years. They're finally starting to fall off the cliff, but they still had those big playmakers like T.J. Watt and all them boys. And then you have the Saints defense, who was by far and away the best defense in the league at that point in time for the past, say, eight weeks statistically, going against each other, and they made the plays when it mattered. It's it's awesome. And then you got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. We don't know what Mahomes is going to do for his career. I mean, don't get me wrong, he definitely had an amazing season, but just because he had one amazing season doesn't make him the next, I don't know, Breeze, Brady, Manning, any of them. He might be, and I I say this in a very unique sense, he might have that Dan Marino career where he has the big-time year really early and then doesn't have the postseason success later. I'm not sure if Mahomes is going to be great in the future. But what was great about the Saints and Steelers, we knew, get your popcorn ready, this is going to be a big game. It's Breeze, yeah, it's Rams Roethlisberger, but, you don't, but there aren't, they don't have those playmakers like those two teams so, do. I'm, just I'm watch- not looking forward to Mahomes golf. I'm looking forward to Ben and Drew. I'm looking for the quality of the game itself. And that's what the Saints and Steelers delivered. No. High anticipation, no. big moments. Not up to the level of the Rams and Chiefs. The only thing I took close. away from that game is that Mahomes shouldn't have been the MVP throwing five turnovers in one of the er, that's one having game. five Every turnovers MV- in one of the biggest one in one of the biggest games of the year over f- over four hundred yards five touch or was it I think it was six touchdowns he threw six touchdowns six like, touchdowns turned it over five times though six touchdowns two of them were in desperation where he needed to 
to pull the hat out of the fire after after absolutely just carrying the Chiefs for 51 points already. The game just did, What the, more can you ask for? The game just fell flat to what it could have been. And the Saints no. and Steelers didn't. I think it rose to the occasion. It was exactly what it should have been. Well, you, I could probably come up with uh, with an entire population of people who disagree with you. Let's move on from well, those the best game football, because so that's our problem. Uh, well, okay, anyway, okay, moving okay. on. Now let's talk about upsets because upset. we always love an upset where the underdog, where a team's coming in, and you're saying, "Okay, this team stands no chance of winning," and then next thing you know, they somehow get it done. So, Gabe. What is your biggest upset this season? Oh, biggest upset. That's tough. Um, to me, I'm trying to think of the big games. To me, the biggest upset, the game that I certainly didn't see turning out to be what it was. Boy, I really sound like a homer today. It was Dallas and New Orleans. I didn't. See, I didn't see. I didn't see Dallas doing that at all. I mean, did you see Dallas doing that? Because I guarantee you the only person in the world who did was Will Kane, and that's only because he just needs to stroke his ego about the Cowboys every two seconds. The Cowboys were supposed to win that game. They weren't supposed to win they that game. They were at home. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you're going to win the they game. They were at home, and they were starting to show some life. I, I saw that coming. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought it would be a closer game, but, like, there is no way on God's green earth that we thought that Dallas was going to shut them down the way that they did. Okay, I didn't see them shutting down the Saints' offense, yes, but I, I, I could see Dallas beating New Orleans, and that's why that's not. I mean, I could see to it me. too, but not the way that that game happened. The way that that game happened, that to me is why it was arguably the biggest upset of the season. <laughs> no, 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 a playoff team beating another playoff team. Oh, that's the biggest up. No, no, that's not. An when upset. you take into account what what the stretch that the Saints were on, and Dallas having to fight through the gritty times. I mean, I think I think it can be. What do you have as the biggest upset? Well, when I looked at upsets in the first game that came to my mind were it was the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. I remember thinking <laughs> Well well hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stick with me. No, here. no, I agree Stick with you. With it was an here. upset. It was an upset. <laughs> two weeks in, you saw the Vikings who were two and zero, and the Bills who really just were in Terrible. disarray. Terrible. You had players retiring at halftime for crying out loud. <laughs> they lost by 44 points in their in their in their season opener. Oh, that's and right. They it was were, 47 to three. Yeah, Ooh. 47 to three Baltimore to the Ravens. Put yeah, them on yeah. Them. Put it on them. My point exactly. And they were they were just anemic. And you had this Vikings team. They made it to the NFC Championship before. They seemed to have an upgrade at the time at quarterback and oh, Kirk Cousins well, that it was, was an, clearly not the right but, choice but at the time it seemed as if it was an upgrade could you agree with me on that stance upgrade, upgrade. yeah an upgrade if my buddy Peyton listens to the show he's gonna know. upgrade so so you're thinking okay this game is not even close the, the bills don't even stand a chance it's not even going to be close the game wasn't even close at all but it was the bills so is that, what, is that what you have as the biggest upset? out of nowhere. But is that my biggest upset? No. Okay, no. So what's your biggest upset then? My biggest upset came not too long ago, long after that game. It came between a game between the Detroit Lions. Stop. And the this New England Patriots. No, I'm not going to let you I'm not going to let you poison our audience like this. This is something that we all see coming every single time any form of coach comes out of New England. They're supposed to beat the Patriots. Vrabel did it. Patricia did it. Mangini did it. Josh McDaniels did it. They all do it. And there's nothing impressive about Detroit beating the Patriots. What's impressive about Detroit? Nothing! <laughs> You're proving my point exactly, man. But what Why? Because the Patriots just won the Super Bowl and they lost to a team of nothing. But this you said it. Every I'm time. taking the words right out of your mouth. They did, but this happens a every time. A team out of nothing beat the Super Bowl champions. This happens every time, though. What? No. No. Tell Belichick, me when in a big game where Bill Belichick didn't get the better of one of his former... Coaches in his system. 2009 in Denver against Josh McDaniels' Broncos. That's not a playoff game. Th this wasn't a playoff game. We're talking. 
We're talking big games, and that wasn't a, a big game. There's nothing big to- about the Lions and Patriots game. It was just a Monday night game in week three. No, what was big about that is that a team that was 0-2 upset the New England Patriots, who had just gone to the Super Bowl the last two years, the year prior, and guess what? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, they won the Super Bowl. That's why they that's won the, the Super Bowl. Upset. They won the Super Bowl because the Rams are a hot dumpster fire, or at least they were that day. And we've seen this all the time. The, the, Belichick's coaching tree always catches up to him every time at least once. And then they lose their success because for some reason, I don't know why, but it was written in the stars. When you go to bed, you can look up in the stars and say, oh, Patricia's going to beat Belichick. No. You've got Daniels is going to beat Belichick. you got Mancini. you got Rex Ryan. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. There is no, I, I went into that game saying Detroit was going to win this game just off the fact that they have Patricia. No, 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 not even true. This was the first year where I saw Belichick lose to some coaches that were in his system. Outside of the one game against Josh McDaniels. What about the Eric Mangini game in 06? Well, what happened in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, Eric Mangini was did, shut but, down. I, I don't disagree with you, but did he not win earlier in the season? I can't even remember first, that game. That's why the, the that's fir- how irrelevant that game was. That doesn't but okay, but this game is also irrelevant. This Detroit game has nothing to do with the, really of, the outcome of any form of the playoff standings or anything like that. Detroit finished in last place. My in point, the NFC it's a North. pointless game. So don't discredit Mangini's win in 06. That was because the Jets made the playoffs that year. It doesn't matter though. When Bel- Oh, it doesn't matter. No, oh, it, okay. Because okay, Belichick okay always loses the first or second game that he always loses the rematch when his team when a prodigy of his comes out and coaches against him they always beat him every no. time Romeo Cornell okay 90% of the time because the, he, you, I just named you a bunch of them that he lost to and Josh McDaniels has had his fair share of losses against Belichick and that's he why has. he finally that's, came back I'm not saying that they are better against Belichick, but the first game always goes to them. It's Nick almost Saban? guaranteed. Nick Saban? Who was with his staff with the Cleveland Browns in 1995? No. No. Bill Belichick won that. That's What game that's, are we talking about? We're talking about when Nick Saban was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins beat the Patriots on <laughs> Monday Night Football. That, that wasn't in the Saban era. But here's my point. No one expected a Detroit Lions team. I did. In Matthew Stafford to beat the greatest whoa, whoa, athlete what's of all time. What's wrong with Stafford? Stafford? What's wrong with Stafford? When has he won a big game? He doesn't have anybody around him aside from Megatron. And he's gone. Give the man some. He's cr- gone. That's my point. That's why Detroit. that Detroit game was the biggest upset. Detroit wasn't even that bad the season before. In 2017, they weren't that bad. They were 8-8. Where were they this year? They weren't good. Yeah, exactly. But they have Patricia, that was... so that's an easy way for them to say right off the bat they're going to beat the Patriots. It was just it was written no. in the stars. No, no, it can't no. be an upset. No, no, that's that's preposterous. Well, I oh mean, what's my. preposterous is the fact that you just said that Brady was the greatest athlete. But that's a oh. different conversation for a different time. Don't even start with me right well, now. Well, he is the greatest. Don't athlete even start with the blasphemy and any of that. We're, move on. We're moving on. We talked about our upsets. We need to do the awards now. Lions and Patriots. That's right. Gabe said it. We're going to do some awards. The NFL has their honor show where they in- unveil all the awards. But we got our our awards for who we think are the rookie of the year, defensive, offensive players of the year. You want to just go right into rookie then? Who, Let's who go the rookies, rookies of the year. And and who who among the first-year players was the best this season? And to me, it's obvious. But, Gabe, go ahead. I want to hear Are we doing opinion. offense and deep? Just, just overall. Oh, who just is, overall. Overall. Who so is, we're, we're throwing everyone together. Yes, yes. <sighs> okay. Um. Honestly, I think that Barkley had the most impressive season out of all the rookies. <laughs> but, but okay, 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 okay. But I'm gonna give my award to Baker, and the reason I give it to Baker is because oh, he please. he brought light to that organization. He now has oh, they now have that Drew Brees, Tom Brady kind of mentality that I'm gonna go win this game kind of guy and to lead no, that team. I think it's perfect no. for them. 
So to me, I got Baker Mayfield. But but I will go on record. I think Saquon Barkley had the better season, but I think no, Baker's going to be the no, more impressive one over time. No. So he's the rookie of the year. No, I'm sorry. You're looking on the wrong side of the ball. Who was the rookie that won All-Pro? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the man that led the league in tackles during the course of the season. And, yeah, he also missed the latter portion of three games to begin with and still led the league in tackles by a long shot. Yes, that's right. I'm saying Darius Leonard. Why? Okay, if, we're gonna, just, if, if we would just split it up in offense versus defense, yeah, it's clear as day that he's the defensive rookie of the year. But does he bring more of a difference than Baker Mayfield does? I don't think so. Baker missed the playoffs. Saquon Barkley missed the playoffs. Darius Leonard made the playoffs yeah, and does, won a playoff game. But does the middle linebacker make that much of the difference for the entire team? The middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. I, well, it, he can be, not every time, but he very well could be. But when you talk he about is. that defense, he is. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know if he's necessarily the leader of that defense, but he's up there. But I, he doesn't make that big of a swing from the Colts being what they were, adding Leonard. I don't see how just going to the playoffs that he didn't make that big of the difference like a quarterback would. <laughs> Not like Baker would. They went from 0 16 to being a 7 8 1 team. That's remarkable. And even if you wanted to just. Kick Baker out of the equation. Barkley had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. No, no. To me, it's obvious. Darius Leonard. And to see the Indianapolis Colts, have they ever been known for their defense? The last yes. time? When? Okay, I mean, it was the 60s. Ex- 60s. That was when they were in a completely different city in Baltimore. I mean, it's still that the Colts. Count. Yes, that it doesn't... does. It's still I... part of the Colts' history. But still, it's and the even 60s. If we, even if we want to talk about... This, this okay, is, let's talk about we're the, 2000 the 2020s. And, then let's talk about 2006 when they had a remarkable defense. They had before. the 32nd ranked run run defense that season. How'd that season. defense do in the playoffs? That's the playoffs. We're talking about the regular season. Uh, I'm talking about all that's of them. What, that's what season awards are for. They're no, the season for- award should be given at the end of the year when everything's all said and done because I guarantee you it makes a difference when you count how you perform in no. the playoffs and in the Super Bowl because oh, the regular season no. just isn't that important. Oh, so I mean, we should it give is the important. MVP to Tom Brady. Okay, I get your point. I'm no. not saying that. I'm not. I'm, but you got to take into account everything, and Brady played terrible in the playoffs except for the game against San Diego. And, yes, I know I said San Diego, and I'm going to continue to call him San Diego. <laughs> you completely missed the Kansas City game, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, three interceptions, real great. Okay, let's look into the offensive and defensive players of the year. We have – we have two great players in in uh, that have made, have won our hearts in being the offensive and defensive players of the year. And to me, for defense, it's obvious because no, he, I think we all agree on this. Yeah, it's very simple. It's it's not Darius Leonard. He's he's a close Come second. Come on, dude, it's Donald. Let's stop it's, this. It's the Antici- There's no anticipation for this. We he's the best defensive player of the league. Yeah. This guy's an animal. Just move on at that he's point. The, I don't even want to talk about that He's the only guy. defensive lineman that has a six-pack. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. If that man snaps his fingers, he's going to crack the earth. If you, have, monster, if you have a six-pack and you're a defensive lineman, you automatically win the defensive you automatically player of win the it. year yeah, award. No, I'll agree with that. Okay, offensive player of the year. Who offensive player of the year. Who do you have, Gabe? I got Mahomes. I mean, the guy threw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. He was an offensive machine. Yeah. I'm not sure who you could name over that offensively. The guy was remarkable. I'm going to say Jared Goff. Why? Well, it wasn't from his Super Bowl performance. We know that. Why? Well. Or the divisional. Well. Round. Or the championship. No, you're right. Patty Mahomes, offensive the player of the year. 5,000 yards and 50 scores in his second year. The yeah. guy was remarkable. Can't go against that one, obviously. Now let's move on to comeback player of the year. And to I think me, we both it's, have to agree on this. It, it's, it's obvious. It's luck. What luck do we have that we can actually agree again? Well, yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious. The guy missed the entire 2017 season, comes out and throws 39 touchdowns, and leads his team to the playoffs. 
I mean, come on. His his comeback was remarkable, especially from a guy who we didn't even know if he was going to play football again, and there were a lot of speculations that he wasn't. You said it. It was the Colts that made the playoffs, and, and, and there was a time, even with Andrew Luck at quarterback, where this Colts team was not making the playoffs. The year of absence must have really helped out Andrew Luck, and clearly it was shown because of how the Colts were resurgent in the latter portion of the season after I mean, their 1-5 start. I hey, like Luck. I want him to succeed. He's me, a good guy. Me too. That and, means a lot to, to me, at least, when it comes to athletes. Yeah, and it's great to see Frank Reich have a great coach or well, great quarterback to help him out because he is such a great man. That's why Frank Reich and Andrew Luck are the perfect combination, and that's why they're going to be the next NFL dynasty. There, I said it. I you mean, can come I back ag- to me I later. Won't ag- I won't agree with you on that, but I do agree that I think that they are a good pairing together. But, uh, okay, coach of the year, so – I'm guessing I already I'm, know where I'm, you're going to go. I bled into it, and I find it preposterous that he did not win Coach of the Year. He he lost Coach of the Year to a coach who all he did was let his defensive coordinator make the defense run wonders. He might be your Coach of the Year, Gabe. Maybe yes, no, maybe. In in uh in Matt Nagy, who just. Watch. He's not my coach of the year. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. Matt Nagy, he won coach of the year, but to me, he, he it's not even close. He doesn't even belong in this conversation because Vic Fangio deserves all the credit for the Bears' success. But now let's get back to the point. Who Who's really the coach of the year? Yeah, I said it before. Frank Reich. Why? He led a Colts team with who that was 1-5 and at one point and a team that hadn't seen the playoffs in quite some time. And for them to finally make the playoffs and – to be a, a real threat in the NFL and potentially could be a team that will be a f- will be a team to look out for as far as dynasty talks are concerned. It's obvious. It's Frank Reich. End of story. Well, I don't know if it's the complete end of story because I think you and I are on a couple opposite ends of this because my coach of the year is Belichick. And the reason I say Belichick is because, and it's not because they won the Super Bowl, but part of it is because they won the Super Bowl on the sense that, uh, once again, that man finds a way to get that team to be an 11-plus win team and continue to go to the Super Bowl and continue to have success. Doesn't matter what coaches he has, doesn't matter what players he has, he finds a way to win. To me, Belichick, and, it, and this is also why I say I think you got to tie in some postseason with his awards, because his coaching performance in the Super Bowl was nothing short of all-time greatness. And that's why I got Belichick, man. The guy finds a way to get a bunch of Walmart employees to win the Super Bowl. You know, I respect that, but at the same time, you have to take into account the postseason, and we expected this out of Bill Belichick. That's why that's the coach fair. This the, is a normal thing. The Coach of the Year award is usually accredited to a coach that brings a team out of nowhere, and it's obvious that Frank Reich did that for the Colts. He's a rookie head coach, obviously, and and for him to take the Colts seemingly out of nowhere to the level that they were at, that's why. To me, it's obvious Frank Reich wins the wins the award for Coach of the Year. But outside of someone that you would expect to be there, your typical suspect in Bill Belichick, wouldn't you say Frank Reich would deserve Coach of the Year when I you consider the the way that the award has been handed out in recent years? If we were to go that route, then yes. But to me, if I'm going to give him the Coach of the Year, I will give him the Coach of the Year if he has the same kind of season next year. Because oh, I've, seen a, I've seen a lot of one-hit wonders. I want to see if he can do it again. I think that he can do it. Don't get me wrong. I love Frank Reich. I think he's spectacular. But he, if he can do it again, then yes, I will agree that he will be the coach of the year. But at this point in time, the fact that Belichick was able to take this team again to a third straight Super Bowl. Postseason doesn't matter. I'm, I'm just saying the way he – if you want to just talk about the regular season, another double-digit win season, I, I still got to go with Belichick. But now we got the big award. The big award, the most valuable player, and let's just be honest, there were some great players that have played throughout the course this year, and many of them are fully deserving of that award, Gabe. Yeah, they are. Don't you agree? Well, I know who I'm going to take because it's the guy that I think was deserving of the MVP, and that's Drew Brees. Drew Brees, to me, is the MVP of the league because – like you said, if we want to go off of just like part of your reasoning where you talk about 
a first-year coach like Frank Reich and all that, having that kind of success early on, or just – here, put it this way. This is my reasoning for Breeze's MVP. In 2011, he threw 5,400 yards to 46 touchdowns, 14 picks, and set the NFL record for completion percentage at 71.2. Aaron Rodgers threw 4,500 yards, 45 touchdowns, and five interceptions, and he also set the NFL record for quarterback rating in a, in a single season with 122. A lot of people gave Rodgers the award because, A, he was more, uh, I guess, safer with the football. He was more consistent despite the amount of yards and stats. They gave him the MVP. He had more wins, and he just, I guess, if the league wants to look at it, he was safer with the football. He was more consistent. Mahomes this year has this 5,000-yard season, 50 touchdowns, blah, 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 and yet Breeze outdoes him in quarterback rating. He has more wins, and he sets and he breaks his own record for completion percentage. If you want to stay consistent with how it goes, Breeze deserves the MVP just like Rodgers got it in 2011. And Breeze, not to mention, had arguably one of his best seasons, and he led his team to the number one seed. You done? I mean, I'm right. Are you done? Yeah, no, you can go. Go for it. To me, the argument is is hinging off of of not Drew Brees. He's he doesn't even belong in the discussion. Why? Why? Well, take a look at this. What's the award called? What's the award called, Gabe? Most valuable player. The most valuable player award. That means when, when we're talking most valuable player, you take that one player off of the team. The question is, can that team still – is the difference between the success that the team had with or without him better? And to me, you take okay. one player off of a team in Drew Brees, you still have Taysom Hill at quarterback. <laughs> but when you take Patrick Mahomes oh off of the team, you are not going to have Chad Henney lead the Kansas City Chiefs to the number one seed in the AFC. You, you just can't no, you'll just No, you'll just have Alex Smith do it four seasons out of five that he played in Kansas City. No, well, that's looking at last year, okay? <laughs> You're talking about taking a player off the team. Kansas City had success without Mahomes. The Saints can still have success I mean, without I, I agree with that, to too. Me, to me, the discussion is – and you just said it. The Saints can have success – not that much success. They're well, not going to be a 13-3 and three team put, without Drew. When you put Chad Henney into the mix. What, where's Chad Henney coming from? He's the backup quarterback for the Chiefs. You take Mahomes out and you put Chad Henney in, the Chiefs maybe go 5-11. and 11. Oh, that's disrespectful to the rest of the Chiefs' offense. Chad Henney? Who on earth is Chad Henney? I mean, Chad Henney is garbage, don't get me wrong, but it's not to the point where if you take Mahomes off, that Kansas City's going to fall off the cliff. You put Taysom Hill onto the Saints roster in, ahead of Drew Brees, I could I could see the Saints making the playoffs. Oh, I could too. The he's, he's, a, he's, the, he's Steve Young. But do you think Chad Henney could take the Chiefs to the playoffs with the L.A. Chargers in the division and with the Denver Broncos being solid? No. Yes. Okay. Because Kansas City's got a good team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their I think New defense, Orleans also has a good team. Defense is thirty second in the in the league. And they have playmakers on that team, and it didn't help that Eric Berry was out for a good portion. You're having reverse logic. I'm no, sorry. I'm just, I just I can't. If see you it. take Mahomes off the Chiefs, they've still had success in the past. If you take Breeze off the Saints, there has been a lot of times where the games that he did miss, they weren't successful. He only missed a couple of them, but if you take him off, then it makes a world of difference. But we're looking at the most valuable player, and to me, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's not even close. It's I just don't see where people get the Mahomes thing from, especially if the NFL wants to keep their standards and they want to be consistent, then why did Rodgers win it in 2011? Since how often do you see a team go fifteen and one, and who was the architect behind it? It was Aaron Rodgers. Okay, the Saints went thirteen and three that year. Well, 
okay, and the but Saints 15 went, and one is much better than 13 and three. It's not that much better, especially when you lose your first playoff game. But even if you want to go, well, first of all, how often do you see a team go 15 and one? I mean, we saw it two. No, how many years later? Three years later? Four years? 2015. No, my point is, it doesn't happen often. 13 and three happens routinely. Yeah, but it's usually one team. But still, 13 and three. You you would consider every single year, and there's always a team that goes thirteen and three. You rarely see a team that goes fifteen one. Actually, why are we even arguing? Rogers why are we talking Brees? about the team? It's Patrick Mahomes, hands down. There is wins. that's not hands down. The guy, even in the big moments in the in the season, he didn't show up. Most of his big time games, he lost. The one that he did win that was impressive was the game against Baltimore. He blew it against the Bears, or not the Bears, pardon me. He blew it against the Rams. He blew it against Seattle. He blew it because he threw six touchdowns. He also sure. threw five. He also turned it over five six times. Six touchdowns. If you can't. W- Three picks and two fumbles. If, if you throw six touchdowns in the game and still lose, you are not the problem. You are when you throw three picks and two fumbles. Breeze didn't have a game like that this season. He never had a multi interception game. Because he got this to rely on Kamara and Ingram. Oh, like. Like Mahomes didn't have, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and Kareem Hunt for a period of the season? Well, first of all, Mahomes had to throw the ball to him. All Brees had to do was hand the ball off to Kamara and also Ingram. That's it. That's all he they didn't have Ingram for the first four games of the season. He still had Kamara. Yeah, but you can't rely on just one guy like that. He also had no wide receivers not named Michael Thomas. You have Michael Thomas and that's it. Because Ginn was out for a very large Well, who does season. Kansas City have? Tyreek Hill and... Uh, Travis well, Kelsey? Travis Kelsey, that's it. Who else do they have? I mean, Damian Williams isn't that bad, and they had Kareem Hunt. Breeze ha- has three different weapons to go to primarily, and also you have other players as well. Wait, they're irrelevant. That's that's my point. But still, Breeze, was Breeze the most had consistent. weapons to go to. He was the most Mahomes consistent. made... Made Kelsey and made no, Tyreek Hill great. He didn't make Kelsey. Tyreek Hill was in the Pro Bowl before that, and Travis Kelsey has been considered one of the better tight ends with Gronkowski for the past three Tyree seasons. Tyreek Hill was made great by Patrick Mahomes. Then why did Hill make the the Pro Bowl the as past a two returner? That, no, not as a returner. As a as wide receiver. As a returner. No, as a wide receiver, he made the Pro Bowl last you take year. Take out his returning skills. You take out his re- returning skills, he wouldn't have even made the Pro Bowl game. He did. He didn't make it as the returner in 2017. He made it as the wideout. No, but it's his returning skills that boosted his claim to the Pro but Bowl But that's game. not how you make the Pro Bowl, though. If he were to make the Pro Bowl based it's off of his vote. return, he would. It's a vote. Yeah. Pro Bowl voting. And well, Pro t- Bowl voting's garbage in the first place. <laughs> know, but either exactly. way, the guy was still an all-pro exactly. before Mahomes got there. Exactly. My point has been proven. But No, your point hasn't been proven. Your point is that Mahomes just continued to rely on his weapons, which isn't a bad thing. Obviously, you have to have weapons if you're going to be a great player. But if you, both teams have some weapons, but it depends on how the quarterback worked with those weapons. And Breeze was way more consistent throughout the entire season, and that's why he should be the MVP. Consistency well, matters, and second. he did it at a high level. In the NFL honors, Drew Breeze was so certain – that Patrick Mahomes was going to win the MVP award, he didn't even care to show up. A lot of people don't show up to the award show. What? Not an MVP candidate. I mean, Ryan and Brady didn't go. Well, well, that when was they... well, that was because they had a game to play. It's not. I mean, yeah, the night before you can't when go you to have the award a game show to... and show up. When you have a game to play, you're not going to. Go to some fancy show where they make fun of the teams in the Super Bowl and make fun of everyone else. No, you're you're going to be focused on winning that one specific game and that one game. I mean, only. in all fairness to the Saints, I wouldn't want to show up anywhere, especially after the way the season ended. I'm just saying. And, peop- and, and people are just—it's this recency bias in sports that's killing. It's killing so much in sports. Is people just want to say, "Oh, Mahomes," oh, because his stats are so. His stats were so big. Okay, so if his stats were so great, why did he turn the ball over so many times? Why First, didn't he win the big games when they mattered? Breeze won did the MVP. That, Breeze did that. Though. I got a bunch of football writers alongside me who attested this claim. Mahomes is the MVP. And when you ask a lot of the players who were to talk about for the MVP, 
many of them said Drew Brees was the MVP because they played against him and they actually realized how great he was this season versus just saying, oh, no. the guy threw 5,000 yards. He automatically needs to be the MVP. Ask Joey Bosa, and he and he would say Tom Brady's the MVP. I mean, you could ask Luke Keekley. He'll tell you Brees is, and I'm taking Keekley's opinion no. over Bosa no. any day of the week. No, no. That's why Keekley's one of the best top two linebackers in the league or top three. Okay, okay. Well, We're not going to see eye-to-eye on this, definitely, for the MVP. All I know is I can't wait for next season to see how these oh, two quarterbacks perform. Oh, next season perform. we are going to butt heads, and it's going to be spectacular. Oh, we're going to butt heads no matter what. Oh, my goodness. Well, but, yeah. Oh, I, this is going to be a fun season, but I'm excited for it. I'm ready to move on from this terrible yeah. ending to the season. <laughs> that was amazing. Six rings, baby. Six rings. Well, that's all the time that we have for the Buck and Straw Show. Coming up next week, we will go into our way too early season predictions. Ooh, I already got them. I already got them. Who's going to win the the divisions? Who is going to show themselves as the best team? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? History's going to repeat itself. Just you wait and see, and you'll hear it next week. What? History's going to repeat itself. No, no, no. Well... Maybe to an extent. We'll no, see. It will. It will. Don't worry we'll about see. It. But that's for next week's episode of the Buck and Straws show. So for Gabe Strasbaugh, I'm Danny Vlog saying so long from Ellensburg, Washington on another show of the Bach and Straws show.